This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Uh, I'm Ben Platt and we are on episode six of the season. Um, who are we joined with today then? We've got Bradley. How are you, mate? I see you've got a perm going on there, mate. <laughs> I think it wouldn't be long till you brought it up, mate. How are you, boys? You all right? What made you want to get a perm? Miss was a hairdresser, isn't she? So she thought she'd have a little go. Thought, go on then. It covers up my receding airline. It's a bit grey as well. It's like a Philip Schofield cub, pub. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got Dunk as well. Usual Hello, prospect. How are you, mate? I'm really good. How are you? Good, 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 good. And we've got Ollie from Up the R's. Appearance number two. Yeah, Louis bottled it. Yeah, you get a hat-trick <laughs> ball, mate, when you've been on three times. You get a little, we send go. you a little, little W12 ball. Love it. Right, lads. Let's go. Let's chat about West Brom. First, I feel like we've moved on quite quickly to Birmingham, which was great. But I think it's we can reflect on the West Brom game. Anyone got any views? Just I don't think the early goal did us any favours. I'm honest. When we scored, I thought, right, this is it. We've scored early. We're going to be up for it. You know what I mean? But I just don't think it did us any favours. They chased us the whole game. I mean, you can't have anyone come come at you the whole game like that and not concede. At all, I just think I don't know. I'd, you know, we we started well in the first two minutes, <laughs> but I, you know, other than that, I think it was it was always coming, wasn't it? I don't know what anyone else thought. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's almost as if this season, if we start well, we get an early goal. We just seem to sit back. So I feel like I don't know. I feel like recently, when we concede, we tend to play better in the game overall. If we concede early, it, it's so backwards. It makes no sense, but. You know, we invited pressure too much. I know we like to play a high line and and play it out of the back, but when you're playing a team like West Brom, likes of Matt Phillips, Furlong, players like that, it's just dangerous. And that's and that's why we lost in the end. Obviously, injuries didn't help, but yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't pretty at all. I feel like the early goal, like you say, Brad, that early goal, it kind of 
Um, it, it definitely wasn't a good thing, I don't think. On, you know, it's great looking at hindsight, but really we could have done with scoring later on because what it did was it kind of meant that Warburton kept playing that way because it worked early on. And he, he changed the formation and he played a different way of, you know, we, we were a lot more direct than we, you know, with, with I thought that we were going to be a lot more possession-based against them because West Brom don't play like that, but it had, ended up being the complete opposite way around to what I thought it was going to be. And I think it's half to do with the early goal and half to do with, I think, Warburton was trying to play some sort of mind trick or game with with the West Brom manager to, you know, uh, to try and get the edge. And also, I thought we were really light left. I don't think Barbe offered it. Defensively, he's fine, but going forward, we just had absolutely nothing down that left-hand side. And I just feel that that really affected us as the game went on. We couldn't get out. No, no, I agree. I think... If you look back to last season, we really struggled against um, Ishmael's Barnsley, didn't we? Like the kind of high tempo, constant press football that they do, he's taken up to West Brom and they've got better players so they can do it even more. And I think we really struggled against that. So I think that's why Warburton wanted to have the quick transition of like almost going long ball, which we don't normally do. It's kind of like pass out that middle block press in the middle of the field and just hit it long. It worked in the first 30 seconds and then after that, Okay, let's keep trying, let's keep trying. And then it didn't work. We just ran out of ideas. And I think obviously having the Everton game on the Tuesday night, I think by the 70th minute, we were knackered. West Brom hadn't played midweek and literally the relentlessness just broke us down. We were just exhausted. And I think that's one of the reasons why you think Senny made a mistake, doesn't happen very often. That doesn't go in, the game changes again because I mean they hadn't really looked like scoring that had like that many clear cut chances before that. After that, our heads dropped and our legs dropped. Yeah, that, that mistake was... Uh, whether or whether we admit it or not, the mistakes that were from Ilias and Seni cost us that game. I'm not going to blame him because I think Ilias is arguably one of the best players on the pitch that game. But again, you can't play that way against a team managed by him because he knows exactly how to how to take control of it. But... I don't think we're necessarily bad, but you know we let them have eighteen shots on eight shots on goal, and that's not that's not good. We're lucky we can conceded no. too. Mm. They played Matty Phillips up front, which I found was really odd. I don't know. I just noticed it there. Matt, Matt Phillips up front, didn't they? Pace behind, isn't it? I think that's where teams are trying to get us get at us is pace behind us. We let that, don't we, in defence? Yeah, you think yeah. like us, our three centre backs? Like I think Barbe is probably the quickest, but even then, he's not quick. Like, we like that one that, the pitch, that pace, don't we? I mean, Willick well, is one of those players that's faster, faster on the ball. He looks he he's running. He, he reminds me of like easy with that, doesn't he? When he has the ball at his feet, he glides across the pitch. When he doesn't have the ball, it's kind of like he like doesn't seem to be able to sprint as fast. It's like weird. Uh, and Cher's quick over 15 yards. He's lightning over 15 yards, but anything further than that, he just <laughs> he just stops the knee and, and he gets caught. It's really weird. Sometimes I see him running, he's I think he's through or going. And then just all of a sudden, he, he knows he can't outrun any further and he just sort of cuts back in. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we've got that McCallum, haven't we? We've got some pace. McCallum's got a bit yeah, of pace Moses. I think that's like, the thing. That's, that's what he Moses. misses. Was without McCallum down the left, obviously Moses on the right, that's where our pace at the back going forwards and backwards comes from. And, mm. and Wallace is like the opposite to the chair. He starts off really slow <laughs> and then he just gets faster <laughs> and faster. He's like a train. It's really weird. He just ends up keeping... Um, so we d- we definitely miss that that pace down the down the sides. 
up until the, the the Birmingham game, I was always, I was really I am still a little bit worried about our right hand side as well. I don't know, it's still something that I'm slightly concerned about. Um, right, no, that, that's a weak spot. I mean, I, I'm not too worried about the left because I think McCallum's getting better every game, and Wallace. You know, we know we know about Wallace, but I don't know. It's like. You know, Moses, he'll have a good good game and then he'll be awful next. And Kyle will come in, he'll be, I don't know. That That's something that we really need to look at in January. You know, if we're serious about getting top six, we have to get a right back in. You know, even, I know it's a bold shout, but there's right backs like El Mohamedy that play in specifically wing back positions that are free agents. Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I think we should have a look at least. There's that, there's that Buchanan at Derby. Oh, he's really good. And he, mm. he, he'll, he'll be cheap, mate. Derby will be selling players in January. Yeah, big time. That's the problem, isn't it? There'll be a lot of clubs sniffing around Derby in January. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because they want a bidding more. Because the more yeah. the money they get for players, it helps them, doesn't it? So, but. Yeah. I mean, look, we're talking about the right side. If, you know, if Moses gets a knock, can you play Kakai there for, for that long, for the rest of the season? I think that Bournemouth no. game, just it, I've just never seen anything like it in the first half. He looked like a complete... Not, I've never seen... Not, not I have seen it, but a real rabbit in the headlights kind of game where he just didn't know what to do, where he was, like what was going on, his surroundings. And he just always... He's always like that, isn't he? He gets the ball and it takes him like a few seconds to understand, but you just don't get that time. Yeah. You've got to make so, a decision quicker. Did you notice the like symmetry between the um, West Brom second goal and the Bournemouth second goal where... Of whoever was playing like the right wing back in both games was literally almost centre midfield. Yeah. So when the ball yeah. was played across, they were way out of position both times. Is that something that they're working on in training that they're supposed to come in narrow when we've got, not got the ball and that, on that situation? It just felt strange that people were being left unmarked in the position where they should be naturally. Yeah, no, you're right. Because I took a, I took a, um, took a couple of goal samples from this season, and every every goal that we came to concede. You've got the left-hand side, obviously, on the attacks of our right-hand side. There, there's one of their players on the ball, and Ozzy Kakai or Mozart Tabatio will be, like, you know, just running back from the halfway line. They're completely unmarked. And then, obviously, it's working in their favour because it brings Dickey forward, and then you've got a space in the box that they pass through, and it seems to be... I feel like a lot of the goals we're conceding are, are getting more and more similar as each game goes by. That's, mm. that's the problem. I just wonder whether that sort of exposes Dickey a bit because... he. he he obviously had a great August, but he, has, he didn't have a great September. I know he had a really good game on Tuesday, or better game, but he seems his form slipped a little bit, didn't it? Um, and I just didn't know whether possibly the right hand side had a bit to do with it. The problem we've got, right, well, I think I don't know about your opinion on this, but our our centre backs and well, not sending as much, but there's just mistakes in there. There's too many mistakes happening, and I just don't know when we're going. You know, obviously mistakes are going to happen, but I feel like the past few goals we've let in is just silly errors that we can stop easily yes. if we just keep focused. But do you know what I mean? Is that almost, to flip it around, is that almost a positive that we're only losing to teams like West Brom and Bournemouth because we're making individual errors? If we hadn't made those errors, we were in those games. But we shouldn't be so, making those errors. If we wanted well, to we shouldn't be. Team. We shouldn't be. But at the same time... Like, Without those errors, we wouldn't have lost the games. So we're obviously doing the majority of the stuff right. It's just those little, like, individual two-second errors that are costing us. So, I mean, like... I it's know. difficult because I get what you... It's a, it's a, fair, it's a fair point, OK? 
counter argument, but ultimately these errors will cost you games. Yeah. And when they start costing you games, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's more emphasis on the fact that you've got to win the games you should win and you won't. So they'll end up costing you in the long run, possibly. That's that's you know. I just think well, that I just think the, the the errors that we're making of going back, it's sort of gone back a little bit. We weren't making them in the first, the second half of last season. Where we were. But you always know that Barbe's got an error in him, hasn't he? Somewhere along the line, he's just got it in him. Like he's been playing great. Honestly, he's had a great year, and he's you know I, I'm a big fan of him. But he's got a mistake in him, or he's a bit of a rush of the blood where he thinks he's David Beckham and he can ping a sort of fifty yard pass. Um, and Dickie's looks just like he has as well. He, I don't That's know. what I was just about to say. I think Dickie's got a few mistakes in him. As much as I hate to say, it, I love well, him, he's, but I can just see it. I can see mistakes coming. It's just, I well, feel like I can feel his, 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 his head clicking sometimes. I can feel him go, deciding what to do. <laughs> yeah. Just... But should we mention then about Jimmy Dunn? Seems to have slotted in with Geordie out and he seems to like have a bit more, well, I want to say composure, but he just seems to be almost like a defender first rather than like Dickie and Barbie who want to be playing the ball out and like that's almost defending the second option for them. Like Jimmy Dunn just seems like a proper old school centre back. If he's got a kick it to Rosette, he kicks into Rosette. Yeah. Like if he can play a pass, he'll play a pass, but he's not going to mess about with it. He's not going to put us under pressure. No, but I, I did see that um, Jimmy Dunn when we played West Brom, he was booting the ball sometimes when he didn't need to boot the ball, if that makes any sense. He was getting rid of the ball too quick. But, you know, I think yeah, then, Jimmy Dunn's brilliant and he's fit. That's in. the counter argument, isn't it? Because if he doesn't do that and he like dwells on the ball, he can then lose it in a dangerous position and we can concede. Yeah, yeah. Argument say so, Dickie against That's the ball. problem, isn't yeah, it? I see that. He's mm. great in the air. He's one of the... He's, I, doesn't lose, on, especially on Tuesday, he did not lose one header, like, all game. Mm. Like, he was sensational. And that's against three or four really big centre-halves. Even as Geordie, though, does he? Geordie no, 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 he doesn't. It's, it's, it's odd because I wonder whether... Dunn and Geordie together would probably wouldn't work. It doesn't feel like it would work. I don't know why. It feels like it's too. I think there's there's too many. There's too similar, aren't they? We you need that almost ball playing centre back next to them. You can't have two like big beefy centre backs who just want to head the ball. Oh, you can't. And that's why I think Dickie and Barbie together would work as a partnership in the centre in the back four because they both want to be on the ball, both want to be passing it about. Neither really are what you'd say the real physical going to put their head into everything. Kind of centre backs. I, I do wonder though. Like I know it's a bit of a bold shout, but the way how how good Dicky is on the ball in midfield, it makes you wonder that if we were in a situation where we had no defensive mids, could he go in front of the centre backs? Because he, he on the ball, I think he's one of the best on the pitch. Like he, you know, him and both Don Ball can proper go up the pitch. I would I would like to see him pushed up into DM maybe one day. I mean, it's a bold shout, but <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean. But with Dunn, I think. As you said, he's an old school centre back. Whereas I think Barbe and Dicky are ball playing centre backs that play the way Warburton wants them to play. But Jimmy Dunn, you know, he's not going to if he sees the way to clear it, he's just going to boot it. Whereas Dicky, again, the decision making, he kind of holds on to it for a second. He looks for options close to him, and if he doesn't, he just runs. I think that's I think it's the play style that makes us lose yeah. and have these he, mistakes. He's got to be careful because you don't want doing Jimmy Dunn to do that really do you because if you start him doing that he's going to be getting uncomfortable and that's when errors start happening mm. but at the same time it is frustrating what Bradley said that he does he does often just boot the ball up and, and it's not really how we play and, and, and then it loses possession and it, it puts us under pressure so it's one of them isn't it what it's but difficult. would you rather lose possession at their back line or in the exactly. midfield at their end or on our back line 
It's one of those. But, so, I mean, but then you've got an argument, you know, you know, we know Brazil, we, we can't play from the back every time. You know, it's going to come. Defend, defenders are going to boot the ball up there. It's going to happen. Well, 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 okay, like, in that error then, in that mistake, we're going to have errors. That's the point. So that, yeah, this I is know. the whole debate. Yeah, suppose, this, yeah. ball, well, this is what like, um, Clint Hill was saying to us, wasn't it, last week. He said, with Warburton's style of play, you will score goals, but we'll concede goals. Because yeah. that's just the style of football he wants us to play. So we can't get on the defenders' backs if they're doing what the manager's told them to do. If they, if he's saying to Dickie and Barbe, when you get the ball, I want you to look for an option. I don't want you to hit long. I want you to play a simple pass. Then we can't then moan if we lose the ball there from a high press. Am I right mm. in thinking that Clint Hill said that Mark Warburton never did defensive work? What, I'm pretty that. sure he did an interview yeah. and he, he said that um, his weakness is defensive. Yeah, I think yeah. I've heard that as well. Mm-hmm. But I think I don't think he runs it anyway. I think is it is it one of the one of the coaches runs the defensive because he always says that in his in his, in his um, pre match or post match he says that are oh, that John and Neil have done really well in the defensive work that they're doing. So he obviously isn't involved in that side of things. Yeah, no, but like you have a lot of managers, don't you? That are like uh, their strong suit is one style of play, and they'll have that's why they get coaches <clears> in. <throat> and you get a defensive coach in if that's not your strong suit. So uh, let's let's talk about Birmingham then, because it leads us on to Birmingham and, and changing. And 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 we have had this discussion with someone, and we had this debate. I, I am ninety nine percent sure we played four at the back for the first sixty minutes, seventy minutes of that came. But someone else seems to think that we didn't, and we were playing. I don't. The formation was slightly well, all over the pitch, but I, I, I looked this up for you, and according to BBC Sport app. We were playing free, like our normal formation, three at the back. They had they had no, Willett down. They had Willett down as left wing back. No, but for I'm me, I down. thought I thought we were more like a four-two-two-two. Mm, four two two. Four two two, yeah. That's what so I we had like yeah, so we had the back four, then we had um obviously Ball and Dizel kind of holding, then we had Cher and Willett as the two kind of midfielders that were roaming wherever they wanted to go, and then we obviously had um Dykes Nostin up front. Yeah. Like that's how I saw it. That's what while I was watching. That's what I saw. I didn't see that we were our normal formation. I think that's what kind of worked because we needed to like tweak it a little bit. Yes, I don't. I, I kind of feel like we went out with no real idea of how it's going to happen. I just think he was like, okay, four at the back, and just see how it happens. Because I feel like it was with Chair and Willock. They were given that kind of rather than have the freedom, they were on the left and the right, but. I don't even think Warbs knew what formation he was using, to be fair. I, I'm not convinced. Brad, what were your views, mate, on it, on what formation well, we were playing? Well, I think I agree with Dunk. He was going for 4 2 2 2. But um, I, I think that game, for me, Chair was outstanding and off the formation. Chair, Dizel, Moses, Willock, them, them four were our best four. They were unbelievable. Obviously, Chair taking the limelight. And did anyone see Team of the Week? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, chair chair got in it, and I think Dicky did, didn't he? Yeah, Dicky got in it as well. As well. I mean, Dicky, yeah. Dicky was much better, slightly harsh because I thought Dunn had a good game as well. But they were both really good, and actually, when we when we were under the, the cosh, they just kept it pretty tight. They won everything. They didn't really give too much away. They had some half chances. I mean, they had that header, didn't they? I don't know how we missed that. It was harder to miss than in the first half. Yeah. The shot. Well, I don't know how we missed it. You think like they had. Um... Birmingham had 13 shots. They had none on target. Nah. Not one, shot was, not one was on target. So they had a lot of like endeavour, but no end product. 
Just goes to show that Deeney's not their saviour, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he got dominated in the air. Like yeah. we, we were all over him in the air, and that, and they were yeah. they were whipping the ball in left, right, and centre. They just weren't getting anywhere near you. Yukovic, or, or I can't pronounce his name. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's but, awful. So Moses, I first five minutes, I thought, oh no, he's going to have a bad game here. But yeah, but to be fair to him, after that, I thought he was excellent actually, and it was obviously a good assist for the goal for the the first goal. And um, yeah, I thought he was thought he was decent. Um, I really like Dizel. He's growing on me a lot. Yeah. yeah he, he just keep what he was doing before, he was trying too hard in the early games. He was trying to do too much. And I just think yeah. for him, all he needs to do is keep it simple, keep the play moving, move just move it on to Cher and Willick as quickly as, as he can. And that's all he needs to do. He's got ball there that does all of the dirty work and gets stuck in. I mean he can get stuck in, but do you know what I mean? That's just what he if he could just keep doing that, that's all we really need him to do. No, I completely agree. I think he, like, he really took his chance because that, that was his first start since the Barnsley game, wasn't it? Everton, he played at Everton. Oh, yeah, yeah, but like in, in the league. Because obviously in the Barnsley game, where he got hooked in the after, what, 35 minutes, that would have dented his confidence a little bit and you like, any player would be like that. So to come in and to dominate in the game like he did, I think it shows character, it shows resilience and it shows that he's obviously listened to Warburton in training, doing as he's like, told, keeping his head down. Because I was a bit worried, obviously, a lot of Ipswich fans said he was a bit of a bad egg. And I've not seen anything to suggest that so far. So, I mean, I think he's I think he's got potential to be like an influential player for us this year, if he gets a right thing. He has, but do, do you think he will play much when you've got Amos, Field still to come back? You know, it's going to be a tough place to get in, in that squad, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that's great. I mean, that's not a bad thing. You need him. We need him. I mean... You know, Stefan, I mean, we all want him as fit as possible, don't we? Mm. But he just, something doesn't quite look quite right with him so far this season. I don't know what, he just looks slightly off the pace. He, like the West Brom game, he really, really didn't look at the races before his injury. I wonder if he was injured any, during the game, like before the game. No, I was going to say, I think, it, I'm not sure what game it was. It was the one before West Brom. I, I saw him sprinting and he pulled and he, he pulled up and started holding his hamstring. And I put, I put a tweet, I was like, I see he just pulled his hammy. And I was really surprised when he played on and went into the next one. But in the next one, he, he, he was feeling it a couple of times as well. I don't think he's fully fit. I love him and I think he's, you know, on, on his day, arguably the first player on the team sheet. Yeah. But at the moment, I know it's controversial. I did get a bit of a dig of Austin for it the other day, but I, I wouldn't pay him. I wouldn't. I, I just think there's options that are playing better than him at the moment and I think we need to give him a bit of time. It's a big shout that though, captain of the team. We wouldn't yeah. play him. <laughs> That's the problem. You know Ollie, I agree with you. I think we've got Preston up next and I think, and after that it's an international break. Why risk yeah. him? Rush, why rush him back for the Preston game? Let him have these t- couple of weeks to get himself fully fit and then backfiring to the Stefan we all knew from last season. Yeah. I think like, that's the simplest thing, isn't it? Like, like we said it about Charlie a few weeks ago. We said that he, it looked like he needed a break and a rest. I think he's had that, and now he's come back looking better. I think sometimes they, they players they want to kind of play, don't they? Every game, especially like Stefan as captain, he probably wants to have that responsibility. He wants to be fit every game. Wants to play every game, possibly when he's not fully fit. He's saying he is. So maybe just but, let him have a game off, and then he'll come come back after an international break and be fully fit. 
the thing with Johansson is for me, I feel he's obviously he's unbelievable in his day and he's he's a massive player to the team, but he brings leadership to that team. Have you seen him? When we go one nil down or or two nil down, the, the bloke doesn't stop shouting. He doesn't he's at refs, he's in refs ears, you know, he's he's a player we need on that pitch. For yeah. me, I think we, we need experience there somewhere along the line. And I think Johansson, when he's you know, we just got to get him fit and he's probably number one, if not do you know what I mean? Agree, yeah. I think he's we captain for a reason. Uh, he does more yeah. than probably we know. We know he does it, and, and you need that type of character. In, 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 in it. it is true, though. If he's not fit, it, it does make it difficult. But even the seventy-five percent fit, the answer is probably better than most. Um, yeah, really. it but, just does a little. Niggle, it, de- it, de- it depends. It depends the kind of position we're playing against, doesn't it? If it's a team that's going to let us have time on the ball, doesn't matter. We can have him at seventy-five percent fit. If it's a team that's going to press us and carry us, then we need players that are fully fit and are up to that physical battle. We, we, one thing I wanted to bring up is we, we said this right on one of our first pods is Warbs is, needs to manage these players really well. We haven't got a, a, a start at 11 really that can play every week. We literally don't. Jordy can't play every week, two games or three games. He literally cannot. Like he's done if he's done it. He can't. And if he does, he's at the end of it, he's just knackered. Johansson, Wallace, we've got a lot of Austin, we've got a lot of players that just carry nickels, don't we? And I don't think Gray, Gray as well. I don't think he's he got no, 90 minutes in him. Every I don't week. Think honestly, Austin's not got like many games in a week in him. Like, we just go, I just don't know. You've got like a few that obviously you've got the main four or five that do, you know, your Dickies, your Barbades, your Chairs, your Willocks, you know, your Balls. That's fine. But I just think we could never get a, a, an 11 that's playing every week. Do you think that part of our issue with, say, like our three experienced players in, say, Stefan, Charlie and Gray, is that they've not been playing regularly recently until they came to us? Yeah. So uh, do you think that, say, they're really, like, they've not had a run of games? Like, I know Charlie, Charlie and Stefan did last year when they came and joined us on loan, but Gray hasn't really, how many games do you say Gray's played in 90 minutes over the course of the last year and a half, two years? Probably five. Professional, professional footballers, though, mate. You know I mean? yeah, but, yeah, but match fitness is different to training, though, isn't it? If you're not playing a match, if you're not playing 90 minutes each week, you're not going to be fit for 90 minutes. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. But, like, like I say, I mean, Don Ball, I, I love him. I think Don Ball's brilliant for us this season. I don't, he's, you know, he's a bit 50-50 in the Birmingham game, but other than that, he's been brilliant. Oh, I think he's been arguably our best player. Yeah, that's a shout there. Yeah. He's been, he's been brilliant, mate. Yeah. In terms of consistency, oh. I, I think he's got to be up there. And going back to what Ollie said before, you know, we do lack in you know inconsistency in that team. We lack it a bit. Where, you know, with some players. Well, we can't I mean, get them to play well every week in, week out. A prime example of that is 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 Dykes. He seems to have just... I know he's a good assist yesterday, but I think in general his play yesterday just seemed to look, again, like he's lacking that confidence that he was using when he was scoring on that run. He was banging him in. He looked like just knocking defenders off. He was Again, he just feels like he's... I don't know if it's something to do with Scotland and he goes away and he picks up a little knock and he can't play and he's out of the team. And, and, do you know what I mean? Like, and We've got another international break coming up again. Then another one... It feels like that interrupts him a little bit. I don't know what you thought on Dykes. No, I mean, like I was, I was going to say about his assist. Like, I thought, like, it was a good assist. Like, he held the ball up, played the ball through nicely for the chair. But again, yeah, I completely agree. I think when he comes back from international duty, he's either knackered or he's carrying a knock. So then for the next two games, we haven't really got him. 
And then, like, it's like I said a minute ago, like when you're not playing 90 minutes, your fitness and that match sharpness just drops a little bit. So every time he comes back from international break, it then takes another month for him to be back to where he was before he went away. Mm. I'm, I'm still not overly convinced on them, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he had that great run at the end of the season, but I just don't think he gets stuck in. You know, when you put Gray and Aust- or Austin up front, they're always, you know, going into defenders, at least like getting in the air. But I feel like Dyke sits back and kind of lets it happen. If, the, if there's an opportunity to shoot, he'll shoot. But I think he's, I think he has the potential. You know, he's only 25. Is he 25? Something like that. He, yeah. he can get yeah. better and better. But I, I don't know. I just, I think for what we paid for him, you know, it's quite a big money for a Scottish, Scottish uh, league striker. That's coming to QPR two and a half million is quite a bit of money. So we wish to get him on a run, get him yeah. on a run of scoring. I do agree, though. I just with the, what your point around the size of him, I sometimes feel we should be he should be like getting like knocking defenders over, getting them stuck yeah. in. He should be he should be an absolute handful for these centre backs. So just sometimes he, he, you feel like it's it's he's not. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's quite easy to handle. He's, he's sometimes it the ball just sort of pings off him, doesn't it? Yeah, because we, we mm. signed Tim instead of Kiefer Moore, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I mean, he Dykes does offer us what Austin and Gray doesn't up top target man in the air. You know, he does offer us what they can't. But would you say he was unbelievably really good in the air? Dykes? I, I don't. I don't remember last time he scored. I don't. But are I don't we giving him? Are we giving him that kind of service though? That's what I, I mean. Are we, are, we, are we really whipping balls in from all headers from crosses? That's not really the style of yeah. football we play, is it? We play more kind of get to the byline, cut it back along the ground, don't we? I feel, yeah, I feel like with the wing back in terms of quality of passing of our wing backs, we'll whip it in five times a game and five times of the times we whip it in, it's all along the floor or like maybe that far yeah. up. We never seem to get it in in, in the mixer and that's the yeah. problem. Because the, 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 the thing is, like, with Dykes and Charlie... They're both good in the air. So you think when they start up front together, we should be putting balls into the box because like you saw with Charlie's header against Everton, like it was great position and he just got the slightest touch on it. Go. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not really our... The problem is when you play Willick and Cher, they're not like... I think it was Ollie who was saying that they're something like to turn three or four times. That makes it difficult for an attacker to attack a ball because... yeah. They're both flat-footed, waiting, for, and they've got no clue when that ball's coming in. Whereas when you you know the ball's coming in, and it's you know that's the way you play, you can sort of get yourself ready, give yourself a yard. But with chair, especially, it'll pretend to cross it, cut in, pretend to cross it again, cut in. But I mean, imagine being a striker trying to know where that was coming in. Yeah, it's really difficult. Isn't it? <laughs> that's why. Yeah. So just while we're on Dykes, there, I've got a little stat for you. So twenty-one um, percent of his shots have resulted in goals. QPR in the league, yeah. That's the fifth joint highest in the league this season. He doesn't shoot enough then. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, the um, first place had 25% of their shots went in. Who is that? What, first place? I can't yeah. remember, mate. I, I didn't write down who it was because obviously you cared about Dykes. It's Solanke or Mitrovic, one of them. Two. No, because they're shooting a lot more. Yeah, it'll be someone like Random who scored like... Yeah, yeah. so the thing is... He might not be he's either he's been like fairly clinical. That's almost like one in four shots is a goal. So either he's not shooting enough. Mm. So it's fine for a little start out there for you. I, I feel like, to, go on, Ollie. I was to say, I feel that's where we miss Wallace though. 
I feel like when he when we have him on left hand side, they're going to see a lot more of that opportunity in the air. I love yeah. Wallace, mate. Mm-hmm. I think Wallace well, was brilliant before he got a knock, and I think we do miss him. You know, obviously McCallum does bring a lot to our team as well, but Wallace was brilliant for us yeah. before he got that. I think Adoma as well. He's a kind of he's more of a, what I say is like a natural winger. So when he gets to the ball, he gets like the byline and whips in across. And that's the kind of ball that Austin and Dykes, even Gray, would want to be getting onto. Because mm. they know he's going to get the ball, he's going to get out of his feet, and he's going to whip it in. Okay, he might do the odd step over, might try and like cut back again like, once or twice, but nowhere near as much as um, where the chair do. It's going to be difficult for Wallace to um, get his fitness back. He's, he's old, it's difficult. He was on a right roll before, and now he's had like a month out. It, you know, that age, it takes, it was good, to, it will take him a while to get going. It's like round isn't it? Well, he is, isn't he? What is he? 34, 35? It's taking... How old are you? Yeah, but... I'll tell you what, I've got a question, right? So we were chatting about this before we came live. Of the last 10 years, we're looking at all the attacking players behind Austin. Say you put Austin as your striker over the last 10 years. What three players would you have behind him? And we had some, obviously, we had some names. What were the, what were the names that we had? Right. So the options we put down, we had uh, obviously Matty Phillips, Luke Freeman, Chair, Cherry, Easy, Nico, Junior Hoylet, obviously Adele, and then Chrissy Willock. Nico Crenshaw, mate. Jesus. That was that's some list, isn't it? That's some attacking <laughs> players not, in the last ten years. I'm I'm not too confident Cherry on that list. Over all those players, Cherry. Well, funny you should say that because his stats they stack up pretty well. What what what, what were they? So for Cherry, he played sixty six games for us, and he had fourteen goals and ten assists. So that's one in three ish. Just uh, about, about one in three, goal involvement every one in three, which isn't bad for attacking midfielder, really. I, I think where, think I was, was... where I ended up, so I ended up with this is what I ended up with: easy on the left, Adele in the middle, yeah, and I went with. I think I wanted to go with Willock, but that's only because I've turned into a bit of a fanboy of his recently. But <laughs> if I take that out, take that out, I think I would probably go Phillips. Same as me. Oh, he, no chair. I don't think. Uh, I don't. It doesn't. It's no he, disrespect for me to him because he's great. But I just think these at the moment. I mean, he could be better than these players. He could get in there. I just think. Right. I've got an interesting statistic for you on. So they, I'm, t- I'm going to give you a comparison of those two, two of those players. Okay. Cool. So Freeman and Easy. Both made 112 appearances. Who had the higher goal like involvement? So goals Freeman. and assists combined. I think easy. Freeman. Easy. Easy all day long. Right, here we go. Easy. I think it's 20 goal, 20 goals, 13 assists. So that's 33 Freeman's goal involvements. About 15 Freeman, goals and he... 16 goals. Oh. 20, 25 assists. Yeah. So he's, on Smith, 40, he's, on, he's on 41 goal involvements. And the same number of games. We also had Freeman, mate, when we were like battling relegation almost, weren't we, with Freeman? 
I suppose you, you can kind of back up Eze in the sense that a lot of his appearances were sub appearances when he first came back from um, his loan yeah. spells. I thought you meant yeah. Nico Amelina when you're on about those lists. I was like, what's he doing there? Uh, Nico Cranshaw. <laughs> Cranshaw. Just, I want to talk about Chair and Willett price tag in January. I mean, one of them's going to go. No. What? Do you not think if, if someone if comes we, in? If we, if we sell one in January, we literally are saying we don't even want to try and get playoffs. If and if we do gonna... sell him, it'll be someone coming in with a ridiculous offer. That's what I'm, like... I think someone will make for Willick. I just think he's been superb. I know people might well, think he might need to prove himself in the championship a bit longer than that, but he's been unbelievable, mate. For a top top flight team, you know, or mid-table team in the Prem, should I say, he's a yeah, big gamble. Yeah. Problem is, his brother played for Newcastle, yeah, and he's had Premier League experience, and he went for what 25 million, 20, 25 million. So, we're not going to get anywhere near that. Like, the, max, the, max, the maximum we'd get is say 15. Um, that's probably, I'd say, a maximum in January would be 15 million. We're QPR, though, aren't we? We'll probably accept 10. Well, I still think anyone a big 10 anyway. I don't, think, I don't think there's any money in the championship. There's no money anyway. Considering we only paid 750k for him, if someone did offer us 10 million, that's like we've we've made money, haven't we? Made a lot of money. We can reinvest in the squad, but I don't think the club would sell him. Isn't Joe Willock younger than Chris as well? Is, anyway? is he? Yeah, I think Joe's yeah. 22. Chris is 23, isn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah. Matty, Matty's the oldest. Got Matty. Yeah, yeah he's, he's the oldest. Yeah. Where does he play? He plays... Oh, where does he play? Salford. 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 That's, that's it, it yeah. What were, what were your three, Doug? Which, which three would you go for? Um, obviously, Easy and Adele, just for the pure entertainment. Imagine them two in the same team together. Like, they're not, they're not going to be working hard, are they? But the, the amount of flair, the fun. You're just going to be getting off your seat, mate, and applauding all day long. Um, I probably would... Bit of balance, I probably would have gone someone like, you know, like Phillips. Just for like, yeah, that's what we did, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Chair it just gives you something me, on the wing. Like, I, I like chair, but I think having them three, they're too similar. You can't have all three of them. It was Phillips, wouldn't it? I, I think I was there that game when he scored an absolute banger against Palace. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Someone <laughs> let the flare off in the toilet. <laughs> uh, let's not talk See. about that, though, because that was an awful game. Oh. That was an unbelievable game. Hey, no, me and Brad went. That was an awful game. We went to the toilet and in a half time, someone let off a blue flare. Like, oh yeah, and, see and, that, and we yeah. could and, and I couldn't see. I was holding on to the toilet seat. Like what the hell? Is, <laughs> what the, I couldn't see, mate. And everyone was running past, and I was like, oh god. Yeah. What a goal! What a goal yeah. that was! What, what a goal! But awful. Didn't game. even make a shortlist of prem goal of the season, did it? No, it didn't. No, there was no, some bad goals. Like, it, it was like a Premier League. If it was a, um, you know, Liverpool or somewhere, you know, United. Yeah. Um, obviously, I just I've got a few stats on chair because I've noticed recently he was getting a little bit of stick on socials, and I wanted just to back it up with a few facts just to say that he's not been as inconsistent as people make out. So um, obviously, that that was his first brace for the club against Birmingham. It's the first time he scored two goals for us against anyone. He's had, in the last 13 home games, he's had 10 goal involvements, five goals, five assists. That's not bad numbers when you think yeah. about it. And he's now scored 16 goals under Warburton, and that's the most of any current player that's been under Warburton. I'm a, I'm so, a firm believer in his chair, yeah. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? Like, he, he's, I think the problem with chair is he'll have 
two really, really good games and then have three or four kind of average games. It's just mm, not done. consistent enough for this. For yeah, you know, when we say how easy he carried us that season, I mean, Chair just hasn't quite got that consistency level yet. Mm. Sometimes, sometimes it's just his end product. Let's say he does all the hard work. He does a great run, darting run, finds the space, does a little turn, will get ten yards, and I just think that there is his, just his chance to decide whether to shoot, pass. You know, or or cross or whatever. I just think sometimes he makes the wrong decision. I think there's sometimes there's a, there's a you know he could get an assist rather than a goal, uh, or sometimes he'll pass it. And I think just have a you know. You, yeah. Um, Do you think like um, against going back to the West Brom game when it was still one nil, and he could have possibly squared it? Because I think it was to Dykes that he had a shot. Do you think that is those kind of decisions making where? Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Yeah. But we've all been like, like we've all played football, haven't we? I mean, you know, when you, you just you see your, your name in the lights, don't you? you think, I'm going to bang it in here, and then you don't. Happens. <laughs> just a quick couple of um, other points before we we end it. I just want to see the training ground. A couple of points around the training ground. Um, it's really good that that's kicking off. It's good for the club. We, we all want a stadium, Inc. But you know, I think a training ground, the infrastructure is its just good news. It feels like it's been going on for like 10, 20 years. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but if you look, apparently, and I've not been there, well, not for a long time, but um, Harrington is not great. <laughs> it's um, so for the, you know, if we're going to start get, you know, developing academy players and start attracting better players, we need, you know, it's real key. Real key, like some of the. I, I was listening to someone on, on Talk Sport talking about um, who was it? it was a Leicester player saying Bertrand. He said one of the reasons he signed for Leicester was because he went to the new training ground and he couldn't believe it. He was like, "This is ridiculous. This is exactly." So it will help all that, which is well, great. On the flip of that, I've heard uh, someone. Who was, I was listening to another um, podcast, and they had someone. I can't remember who it was. He was being touted around like to London clubs. Came to us. Saw the state of our training ground and was like, nah, that's like League Two level. Not going there. So now we've got, well, now we're going to have a better training ground. We can get that kind of, uh, was it uh, first class academy lit status? And then we'll yeah. be able to get better youngsters and players. It, is, it does make a difference. If you're trying to sign for a club and you go to the facilities and you think, oh, wow, that's like 20 years out of date or you go to a spanking new complex, it might sway your decision a little bit. I think there's a lot of players like your Bartons that come out and actually said, didn't he, the training facilities at QPR are terrible. Yeah. And um, I think there's a few other players, I can't think of them on top of my head, but I think it's a good idea that we're doing this bond for the fans. I don't know what your thoughts are on it. Are you going to do it? Um, possibly. I mean, it gives it, it gives the fans the opportunity to be part of it, doesn't it? It's also a money-making yeah. exercise for the club to fund it, I no doubt, but... Yeah, I mean, it's like... I think it's like, I don't think none of us really got any background in finances, have we, really? So I can't go into too much detail on it. But, I mean, like, if at the time when it all starts happening, I've got the funds available, I might think about it as an investment. What's the minimum? 500, is it? 500 yeah. squid, yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's half an investment, really, and it's half to help the club. I think you yeah. know, it's a bit. You've sort of got to be a bit, bit of both, really, isn't it? That that's got to be thinking. Be interesting to um, know how many fans come forward to do it. Yeah, that'd be interesting. 
Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of businesses come will do it, won't they? Yeah. There might be people that are not even QPR fans, possibly. It might just be businesses, local businesses that that that, that, that want to. Because you know, there's there's a lot more benefits the more money you put in, isn't there? So there might be like advertising benefits and stuff like that. Or, yeah, you massively. Know, yeah, you know, other things. So they, they should get the money. But yeah, so it's good. So I think it'll be done in a year or so. They say it'll be ready. But you know, injuries as well. It will help, won't it? Yeah, big time. But that's what Warburton said. One of the best things about it is, to, you know, is, is the fact that you migrate, you, you stop some of the injuries that that happen on a training pitch, which is good. Um, I seen on Amit's Instagram before he was with that geezer off Dragons Den. Maybe he's having a bit slice of the cake. Coughing what his name is. Peter something, isn't it? Peter Jones, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It is an asset <laughs> from the club as well, isn't it? I mean, you know, we're, we're in top. We obviously don't want to talk about Derby too much, but Jesus, they're in a right mess. And, you know, God, that someone else owns the stadium. It's just an absolute mess. So just to have another asset there for, you know, whenever, if, if we're ever in that position again. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't know what Derby, are they going to be another nine points to that? He's doing a good job though, old Rooney. Yeah. Good result the other night against Reading, didn't they? Yeah. All right then, well, lads, quick, quick, um, Quick Preston prediction, Ollie. What's your, what's your prediction, mate? Um, it's a hard one because I feel like we're both teams that are trying to pick up the points at the moment in terms of top six, etc. I just don't see Preston as much of a threat. I, I'm going to go bold. <laughs> I'm going to go 3 0, 3 0 QPR. I'm confident. Oh. With it. Big old prediction, but we'll yeah. see. I'm going to go 1-0 down at half-time, 2-1 two, two, full-time QPR. <laughs> you, you boys are optimistic because like, Preston are statistically one of our bogey teams. Oh, he loves his stat, doesn't he? <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. I, I've not, I've not got this with our hands, but like, literally, I think we've like, only won four games against them recently in the like, last 30, 40 years. Like, it's been bad. So, um, but I think... I think I'm hoping that we'll carry on from the Birmingham game form and confidence will be back from the, getting the, back to winning ways. So I'm actually going to go for uh, one nil hard fought win. Keep you on. I'm going to go draw. Preston are pretty solid, aren't they? It'd be nice to get a good win, wouldn't it? Like to go into the international break, it'll probably take us into the playoffs. It means we can get some players back. <clears throat> Wallace McCallum gets Geordie Stefan fit. Um, so it'd be good to, if we could end it on a win, going into Fulham away, big game, get Massive some of the game. players back, get in the playoffs. Um, so, I, you know, it's just whether we take our chances, isn't it? I always feel like that's just the way it is, is it now? If we could take our chances, we'll win the game. If we don't, then we put more pressure on the defence and that that's when sort of errors come and stuff like that. So if we, yeah, so I'm going to go one all. Yeah. One all. Fair shot. All right. Well, look, lads. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining the call, and um, we'll um, we'll get together next week, and let's hope we get a good result. Cheers, lads. Cheers, Ollie. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylett's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora. Unbelievable. From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora. Sorely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.